Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. After these things, and what happens after these things? Well, let's read it. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Meta Tauta. So John, as a representative of the church, he's caught up. What do we call that? After the church age is removed and a door is open in heaven and we hear the trump of God, what happens? What's the next thing on our timeline? The rapture of the church. Come up here. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob takes us for an introductory journey through the book of Revelation. One of the highlights is the prophecy of the rapture of the church. Jesus shows us a picture of this by calling John, who is a representative of the church, up to heaven with a voice that sounded like the trumpet, as it is explained by the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. All this happened before the great wrath that will be described beginning in Revelation chapter 6. As that great judgment on the earth unfolds, John was in heaven looking down on earth, which is where believers in Jesus Christ will be during the tribulation time. Now let's join Pastor Rob for this exciting journey. Historist view, and this is a... uh, a, a an approach that that views Revelation as a panoramic view of the church history, which is kind of interesting. Some of these different churches can mimic some of the church, uh, different times in church history. They they, they do, uh, many of them, match up quite eerily to church history, but that's not what we hold to either. We don't hold to the idealist view, which which believes that this is just something that happened, and then, you know, good and bad, these kind of events just happen time and time and time again. And so we can't hold to that either. But we do hold to the futurist view, and that is that everything from chapter 4 onward has not happened yet. Has not happened yet. In fact, when we get into... I want you to turn in, uh, to verse 19 of this first chapter, because before we really get into this, we need to look at the outline of this book. I want to encourage you in this too, because you know this is a, a 22 chapters, and you've already been told perhaps by some that this is an unknowable book, or maybe that it's something that you really shouldn't pay much attention to. And again, the devil wants to keep you away from the blessing that is here if we read it. But it's really not that difficult to understand. And certainly the outline of the book is fairly simple. Let's read verse 19. What does it say? It says, Write the things which you have seen, number one, 
Write the things which are, number two, and the things which shall take place after this. So the things which you have seen, John has already described them to us. It's chapter one. In fact, specifically, look, I mean, the, the, whole in, the whole entire chapter, but notice what happens in verse nine of chapter one. It speaks of the, 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 the uh, description of Jesus Christ. Write the things which you have seen. Well, what did you see, John? Well, verse 12 tells us, I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, what? I saw. So he sees Jesus standing among the seven golden lampstands, representing the seven churches. He sees him, and he describes him in his glorified state, hair like, oh, you know, like um, white as wool, his eyes like a flame of fire, and all these descriptions. So he defines for us what that is. So there is the very first thing. Write the things which you have seen. We know that's chapter 1. And then he goes on and he says, And the things which are, these things which are, are the churches that he was going to be speaking to living at that specific time in history. Ephesus and Smyrna and Thyatira, Laodicea writing to those churches, and that is encompassed for us in chapters 2 and chapter 3. If you look at chapter 2 and chapter 3, these are the letters to the seven churches. They're all contained within there. But notice what happens, and these churches really represent us. In some way or or form, they, they, they represent the church of all ages. You can look at these and you can find a little bit of yourself. You can look at these letters and maybe find the temperature of the church back maybe when your grandparents were going to church. You can look at these letters and find something that will sting you one way or another because they're written for that purpose, because they do affect us. They do, and they are written for us. But what happens, and notice what he says, that's the second thing. So we know the things which are, are chapters 2 and 3. Follow me? And then finally, and the things which will take place after this. And the things which will take place after this. After what? What was chapter 2 and chapter 3 about? It was about the churches, the church age. And actually, I want you to underline that word after this, in that verse 19, that very last two verse, or two, two, um, two words, after this. It's a Greek word, metatauta. Metahauta, actually, metatauta. And the next time you see these two words together, is in chapter 4. Turn with me to chapter 4. And this is how easy the outline of the book is laid out. It's right there in verse 19 of chapter 1. We call it the divine outline because it gives us the outline. Right? The things which you've seen, chapter 1. The things which, is, which are, chapters 2 and 3. And then the very next time we see after this, after this is metatauta. The very next time, the very next time you see both of these two words together, it's exactly, precisely in, ver- in chapter 4, verse 1. What does it say? After these. Those two words are the same exact words. And it's no mystery why that is. Because the Lord is giving us the outline of the book. Write the things which you've seen. Jesus in his glorified state. Write these things which are chapters 2 and 3. The church age and those physical churches at that time. And then, and he says, after these things, after this, he says in verse 19, that's metatauta. The very next time we see those two words exactly is in chapter 4 
And it starts off exactly with that. After these. Literally, it's the same exact thing. You can look it up. Meta tauta. So the bell in your head should be going off after these things. And what happens after these things? Well, let's read it. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Meta tauta. So John, as a representative of the church, he's caught up. What do we call that? After the church age is removed and a door is open in heaven and we hear the trump of God, what happens? What's the next thing on our timeline? The rapture of the church. Come up here. Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. That's exactly what it's talking about. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the air. We will be caught up, we will hear the trump of God, the voice of the archangel, and we will hear the trump of God, and we will be taking up our body being transformed. This corruptible must put on incorruption. Read 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about what happens to us physically. This is it. After the church age, after these things, metatauta, I looked up, come up here. The church is raptured, and aren't you glad for that? And then, and then verses 4 and 5 are the vision of heaven. And then in, in, in chapter 5, we see the, the scroll being opened up by Jesus, the Lamb of God, one of his titles in the book. And then finally, in, in chapter 6, we see the opening of the seals. The seals, seven seals, and then seven trumpet judgments, and then seven bowl judgments. And then finally, we get to verse or chapter 19, where Christ comes back at the end of all of this tribulation, this great tribulation that's going, coming upon an earth that God is pouring out upon the earth. A judgment of God to the earth. Notice the direction. It's from him toward the earth. Wrath of God. On, an un, on a world that has rejected him, has given them every opportunity to repent of their sin, and yet God is going to judge the earth. And then he's going to set up his millennial reign, and the next few chapters, 20 and 21, speak of the millennial reign of Christ. And, the, and then this final earth, the earth that we live in now, and all the heavens, the heavens and the earth, will be consumed, like Peter tells us in his letter, with fervent heat. And then chapter 21 tells us that a new heavens, 21, 22, tells us that a new heavens and a new earth will be created. And that is the eternal state for you and I. Isn't that awesome? That is the outline of the book. And there's a lot of things in between that we're going to have a lot of fun going through. A lot of fun going through. Does that make sense? So write the things which you have seen, John. Okay, I've seen you, Lord. You talked about this, uh, who these... Lampstands are. You talked about who the stars are. The stars are angels because if you think of this, for those of you who think it, the word is angelos, but you know what it means? If an angel, if, if God is writing a corrective letter to his angels, there's a problem. Does that make sense? When he writes to Ephesus, godly angels don't sin. Angels that sin are called what? Demons. <laughs> So God is not writing this to an angel. He's writing this to a pastor, to a messenger of those churches. Because there were things that they did well, and there were things that they needed to correct. Right? Does that make sense? And so now we have an understanding of who these are. 
in chapter 1, we find out who the lampstand represents, who the stars represent. We find out uh, one of the greatest descriptions in all of the Bible of who Jesus is in his glorified state. We don't know anything of what Jesus looked like. You see those paintings, you know, you see them everywhere. And Jesus has this, you know, uh, you know I could show you pictures. Whenever I, when I say a picture of Jesus, every one of you have in your mind's eye what Jesus looks like. Because you've seen pictures of him. They're on Instagram. He's taking selfies with John by the fire. No, there's no description. In fact, the Bible says that he was not really a handsome man. His beauty was not on the outside for everyone to go, wow, he must be the Messiah. No, it was quite the opposite. Because man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. Therein lies the treasure, is what was inside of Jesus, was the very nature of God. God in the flesh, the word become flesh, dwelling among us. That is where the beauty was. And see, isn't that a good lesson for us, not to judge a book by its cover? We were in, uh, recently, yesterday actually, we were in uh, Barnes & Noble, and um, my daughter was looking at some books, and, you know, and, and they, love, they love young people because they have all these beautiful bindings and the gold leaf paper, and you know, wow, that is just so cool. How much is it? 50 bucks? Oh, it's worth at least 100 I mean, she's not that naive by any means, but... Very beautiful, ornate books on the, on the outside. And we, I, I had to tell her, I said, honey, you've got to be careful, because a lot of times, you know, they, they, they know what attracts the eye. They know how to sell a book, but it's what's inside that's most important, right? You cannot judge a book by its cover. You have to look inside. You have to look inside and take a look. You have to take a look. And so, John writes, write the things which you have seen. The glorification of Christ. Let me read it to you again just because it's so wonderful. Verse 12 of chapter 1. He says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and on the midst, and in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Aren't you glad that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us? Is he not? Isn't that what he says? He says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus walks among the seven golden candlesticks, meaning he walks among the church, and he should never have to knock. There should never be a knock. Hey, can I come in? No, the door of every church should be wide open, saying, Lord, you come and you teach us. You give us unrestricted access to you and your word. It's the thing that we need today, folks. We need the word of God. We don't need to be entertained. We are the most entertained group of people on the planet, especially in this country. And there's nothing wrong with entertainment. Everybody needs entertainment. After a long day on Sunday, be honest with you, I like to come home and I crash on the couch. And I grab a thing of ice water and a bag of chips, and I'm just like, ugh. Ask my family, they know. Because I'm brain dead after Sunday. I'm spent, and that's what I want to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? We don't need any more entertainment. What we need is godly instruction. We need the Word of God. We need the Word of God. We don't need conjecture. We want the Word of God. Again, read the Word of God. In fact, the Word, the Bible says that the, the, this idea of read, here in um, Blessed is He Who Reads, it literally means read out loud. That's literally what it means, to read out loud. So the next time you're at your office appointment, and we'll get into the, the thing here, and we'll end here. I want to read that, that verse again, or those verses that describe Jesus in his glorified state. But the next time... You're on a bus. Next time you're waiting in line at the DMV, 
Next time you're in line at Bill Gray's, see what will happen if you pull out your phone and open your Bible app, start reading it out loud. Watch if they don't come and take you and put, your, put the straps on you and take you, <laughs> take you out. <laughs> but read it. Read it. I would encourage you this week, read, see if you can read the whole entire book. Don't stop to study it yet. You can. You can do that on your own time. But read it from beginning to end. I need to do this too. and I need to do it several times. Read it from beginning to end and read it again. And we're going to go through it again and we're going to study. We're going to tear this thing apart, Lord willing, and look at this. I am so excited. Are you excited? I am so looking forward to this. I can't stand it. Honestly, I just don't you love the word of God? What peace it brings to your heart, doesn't it? To know that you're reading what God has told you is a blessing. Why is that? Because God wants to bless you. I don't know about you, but the, in the time that I'm living in today, the time that we're living in today, aren't, don't you want to be blessed? Don't you want to do anything you can to say, Lord, I want your blessing on me and my house, on my family. I need your blessing, God, because all around I'm inside is turmoil. I'm looking at all the things going on with the coronavirus and then the impeachment and all this other stuff, and it's got so many people wound up so tight. And the Lord just wants to unwind you. Will you let him bless you? If you want a blessing, read the book of Revelation. Don't be worried about what you can't understand. There are a lot of things that none of us understand. Even the most brilliant Bible scholars on the planet, when we start looking at these creatures in chapter 9, you know, who knows what these things are like. There's a description, but it defies logic, so we just we read it and we... We can't really guess about what, the, you know, what this is. Whatever it is, it's demonic in nature. That's good enough for me. I don't really like to study demons too much. But let's read. Let's end here. And then next week, we'll actually get into the book. <laughs> um, let's read verses 12 down through the last part. He says, Then I turned. John says, I turned and I to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about his chest with a golden band. I love this description. You know, this when you're having a bad day, when you're feeling like, you know what, life's just getting the better of me today, read this. And get carried away with it. Because this is who you're going to see. You're going to see what John saw. And what he's describing to us. You're going to see him. One day face to face. You're going to see him. And we are going to fall flat on our faces. It's going to be a wonderful thing. The reverence. The awe. That he demands. Christ himself. He says. His head. And hair were white like wool, as white as snow. Think about that. You can look outside and get an idea. <laughs> and his eyes were like a flame of fire, just the purity, the radiance. Can you imagine the, the blazing holiness? I mean, it's, it's, it's completely pure. There's nothing in it. There's no alloys in this flame of fire. It's just, it's a beam of unrestricted holiness. Can you, does that just drive you insane to think about? And yet he does it in his gentleness, and he is so gentle, but yet his very character, we, you know, we would just fall apart. 
if we didn't have a new body. But notice, his hair were, and his, were like white like wool and white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. I love that. His feet were like fine brass. As if, there's our simile again, as if refined in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Is it going to sound like many waters? I don't know, but it's going to sound something so thunderous and so magnificent. It's like the Niagara Falls when you're standing there on the, on the end there and you get out there and you hear it. It's just deafening. It gets your attention. And he had in his right hand the seven stars, which are the pastor's. The messengers, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. This sword is like what they would have. It's like an Excalibur. This is not the kind of sword, the small little daggers that they would have in short-term or short-range uh, uh, combat like the Romans would have. This would be a sword like an Excalibur where you pull that thing out of your back and this thing is, is way up there. Anybody see uh, Lord of the Rings? And he pulls that and that comes out. It's a death blow. His word is like that. A sharp two-edged sword comes out of his mouth, and his countenance was like the sun in its strength. Have you looked up at the sun on a summer day? I remember as a kid, I nearly blinded myself. I did something stupid, and I took off my glasses and said, I'm going to look at the sun as long as I can. Doesn't that sound like a fool's errand? I took off the glasses because it might just burn my eyes out, you know, with the reflection going through here like a compass, you know, or one of those little magnifiers. So I looked up at the sun, and I'm like... You know, we had contests. Who could look at it long enough? And your eyes are burning. You've got this migraine. It's stupid. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Only boys do that. See, girls are much too smart for that kind of thing. But when I saw him, notice this. I fell at his feet as dead. I love that. That's just reverence. That's awe. That's amazing. But he laid his right hand on me, and he always did that. All the servants, when they were in his presence, we would all fall at his feet as dead, but he always put his right hand and say, don't be afraid. Stand. And see, isn't that just Jesus? Isn't that the love of God? And see, we got that to look forward to as we get into this. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited. And so let's stand together. And again, this week your assignment is to read the entire book. Read the entire book. Don't stop to circle words and underline phrases unless you want to. But just read it. Just get through it in one setting or a couple days if you can. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this, uh, for your word. We thank you for this book that we're about to read. Lord, you promised that we would be blessed as a result of reading this book and as, as a result of hearing it. Lord, we desire that. Your blessings are the best. Lord, your word says that you daily load us with benefits. And Lord, this is certainly a benefit, the blessing of God upon our life. And so, Lord, we ask you this morning that you would set us on fire again. Lord, that you would do the new work in each of our hearts, Lord. Lord, as we consider this image of you, which is real, Lord, your eyes are like a flame of fire. Would you burn a hole, Lord, in everything that is unholy within us? Burn a hole, Lord, and help us to submit to you, to love you for who you are. Lord, to gather at your feet and to just completely fall apart at your feet, knowing that you're a merciful Savior, you're a merciful God. Lord, how we love you, how we thank you so much for your great grace. Lord, encourage my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray that they would be blessed this week as they read. 
as I read, may we come together with a smile a little bit bigger or quite a bit bigger than last than, than today, next week. May our hearts be lifted. May we grow in our in our learning and our trust of you more and more. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.